Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for August the 19th in the year of our Lord, 2020. This is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our kind. We're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers, one of the great solutions at our fingertips to restore the republic. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. A quick recap of yesterday's show. We talked about Glenn Beck inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame. He was selected as a result of fan voting. Isn't that interesting? Is it the Hall of Fame because you're a professional? Because you're quality production? Because you're delivery? Because you're preparation? Because of your talent? Because of your, Or is it just a fan fest? Very interesting, indeed, to say the least. I hope to go down in history as a defender of the sacred cause of liberty, and I hope to go down in history as somebody who's prepared, who's uh, brought incredible commentary to the table for education, uh, for the promotion of the sacred cause of liberty, for the realignment of God, family, and country in our lives and in the media. I don't care to be known as the popular guy. In fact, I'd rather walk down the street with complete anonymity, but at the same time make a huge difference for the greatest country on the face of the earth. We talked about the most expensive car ever sold, and we talked about these big, rich cats. I guess they're willing to buy six-figure and seven-figure cars without seeing them and without driving them. You know, they say that car could fetch over $4 million. Crazy town. We talked about the way they bow to China is a disgrace. Trump hammers the NBA. And their anti-American political um, hypocrisy, Michael Austin with that piece, Trump's right on that score. Congress members demand abortionists give millions of dollars back. I guess the government Planned Parenthood operations, I say government Planned Parenthood operations because they seem to be kind of one and the same now. They took $80 million dollars. In forgivable loans. And I don't know why Congress is wringing their hands and saying, give the money back. Why did the money get sent to these abortion mills in the first place? Why did the Republicans not shut down Planned Parenthood's funding back in the day? Why now are we begging for the money back when it's a forgivable loan? Is this somehow they took it wrongfully? Who granted those loans? Who approved them and sent the checks to Planned Parenthood accounts? In my personal opinion, virtually speaking, heads should roll. People should go to prison over this. Uh, but the last thing I would say is Congress members are demanding, give the money back. Well, it's a day late and a dollar short on that one, Congress. I'm not defending Planned Parenthood, and I'm not defending that they should have the money. I'm just telling you, what kind of an idiot would basically approve the money, send it out, and then after the fact go, wait a minute, whoa, hold on, give it back, what? Who allowed this to occur? Who's in trouble? If you never send out government money in the first place, you wouldn't send it to the wrong people now, would you? And we hear over and over and over, oh, my gosh, a bunch of money went to the bad guys. A bunch of money went to overseas corporations. A bunch of money went to illegal aliens. A bunch of money went to, went to, went to, 
to the point where, you know what, quit sending out money. It's unconstitutional in the first place. And then you won't send it to the wrong guys. And then you won't have to demand it's, the money comes back. What is Congress going to do? Shake their finger and stamp their foot and say, give it back? <laughs> the whole thing's nuts on parade. The Republicans had the chance to flat out shut down funding to Planned Parenthood, and they failed. Miserable failure. All right, the world's largest vaccine manufacturer in India wants to cap COVID vaccine prices to three bucks per dose, but they only want that for 92 countries in a, quote, COVAX alliance or whatever. So that what that means is you and I would have to pay a lot more for our vaccines to subsidize the $3 cap for all the other, quote, needful countries, see. Forced redistribution of wealth and then manipulated prices uh, to make the, what, greatest country on the face of the earth pay more? That's how they want to make it happen, huh? South Dakota, quote, back to blue rally, sees generous turnout. Everybody was running around with no masks and stuff, from what I understand at some of these places. Thousands attend South Dakota's biker rally with no masks. Hundreds march through West Hollywood during what they call Rescue America Rally. BLM marches through Seattle. Neighborhood demanding that whites, white residents, surrender their homes. Now, can you imagine walking through a neighborhood and if somebody's black, you say, hey, you can stay there, buddy. If they're white, you say, get the heck out of your house. You took over our black neighborhood back in the day and we want it back. That's what's going on. And then they call us racists. Lance Armstrong's bike shop cancels police contract, but still expects cops to protect them against threats. Yeah, we're going to cancel the contract, but protect us anyway. Good luck with that plan, Lance. How brilliant are you, buddy? Hour two of Liberty Roundtable Live yesterday. We said short on money. Cities are trying to create their own. That ought to solve it. Just make a bunch of fake more money, huh? Why don't we go back to constitutional, real, honest money? Ain't that ought to make a difference? What if we start out the economy discussions with honesty? See, if you peddle fake currency, fiat currency, isn't that the biggest fake news story of all that you can literally print a $100 bill for like two cents and then claim it's worth $100 and then charge interest on top of it all? Isn't that one of the biggest fraud crime fake newses of all? Of course, no one's going to talk about that now, are they? U.S. government issues, quote, bear advice. Friends don't let friends get eaten, folks. Believe it or not, yeah, the National Park Service has warned against sacrificing slower friends in a bear attack. Even if the friendship has run its course, they joke. So on one hand, they're joking, but what they're trying to do is get publicity to say, hey, you know what, if there's really a bear after you, don't climb trees. Bears can climb trees. Uh, based on the kind of bear, you know, you might want to lay down and play dead. Uh, you might want to do certain things that you might want to back away slowly, make a lot of noise, put your hands up and make yourself bigger than you are. They have all these advice suggestions. Uh, it's a tongue in cheek story. You got to go overseas to even see it. But I just find that interesting. Your government has time and money to joke about bear advice. Wow. How hot was it on Sunday in Death Valley? You may ask. They say it may be a record breaker as it hit 130 degrees Fahrenheit, possibly the highest temp recorded ever. They don't know that for sure, but there you go. They say it's the possibly the highest, and then they use all kinds of weird terms like reliably recorded. It might be. It's possible that it is. <laughs> okay, what kind of a global warming discussion is that? We don't really have data. We had two other temperature heights in, in uh, 
back in like 1913 kind of range. They were higher, 134 degrees and 131 degrees respectively, but we don't know if they're accurate. But don't worry, our global warming information is completely accurate, even though the two numbers we're trying to compare the highest temperature to, we don't know if that's accurate. So two out of the three numbers are not accurate, but it might possibly be, if we're lucky, if the recorded number, you know, if it's reliable, if, what are they talking about? And they run around and tell you it's global warming? Insanity, folks. All right, next headline, see you in court. ACLU, believe it or not, files nearly 400 cases versus Donald Trump. That's a, literally 100 cases a year. This is just one group, the ACLU. Literally every three days, the ACLU sues Donald Trump. And not to mention all the other groups. How can you get anything done with that going on? It's literally paper terrorism on steroids. I'm telling you, they're absolutely psychotic. Malik Obama, that's Barack's brother, right? The guy that was all big time in support of Barack when he really thought he was his real brother. But after Barack became president, he turned his back on Malik and family back in India. Or uh, back in um, whatever you call that. Where is he from? Oh, Kenya. Yeah, that's right. Kenya. But Malik Obama now is still 110% with Trump. He says Donald Trump is not a fake like Barack is. This is the guy that's asking Barack to take a DNA test to prove they're really brothers because Malik doesn't believe it. I wonder if he'll speak at the Democrat National Convention. Oh, maybe he can speak at the Republican Convention for Donald. Maybe he could say we're resurrecting the birth certificate discussion for the Donald. Maybe Donald could dump, jump back into that. You know, back when President Trump had the ability to <clears throat> uh, not get the birth certificate, just complain, he really rallied for that cause. Now that he's the president and he could literally demand access to that for national security reasons, we don't hear a word about it. Maybe Malik could speak for President Trump, huh, and just say, hey, we're going to stand up now, and we're going to take this birther discussion to new levels. I don't believe Barack's my brother. He lied to you people. And I want a DNA test to prove it. My DNA records are on Ancestry. Maybe Malik could put his you know, DNA records in Ancestry and then say, hey, Barack, let's get her done, sir. You think that'll happen? In fact, Barack's a smoker, from what I understand. All he'd have to do is find a cigarette button and get his DNA off that sucker. We could even prove it without Donald or um, anybody else's. Can you get that done? Or is he too surrounded as the former president of my national security, huh? Michael Flynn doing a great job issuing an urgent plea to America. The destiny of the United States is at stake. Describing the current assault on law enforcement, listen, as a spiritual battle between good and evil. Flynn is urging Christians to not only pray, but to take action as well. Good for Michael Flynn. He's right as rain. Flynn says, quote, as Christians, shouldn't we act? We recognize that divine divine providence is the ultimate judge of our destiny. Amen. Achieving our destiny as a freedom-loving nation, Well, providence compels to do our part in our own lives and in our communities. Amen to Michael Flynn. Senator Rand Paul introduces legislation to allow federal education dollars to follow students. That's applicable to students from K to 12th grade. Let the money follow. Donald Trump's aboard for it, too. I hope they talk about that in the conventions. And that's a recap of yesterday's hard-hitting news the networks refused to use. Still available online at libertyroundtable.com and lovingliberty.net. Spread the word. Tell your neighbor. Back in a flash.
As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads, a divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. All right, live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. I am Sam Bushman. Kirk Cosby's with me. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Buenos dias. Uh, greetings and salutations. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thank you, Sam. All right, let me uh, kind of make this straight for everybody. I'm racist number one, okay? Kirk Cosby, you're racist <laughs> number two. And our third racist is James Edwards, racist number three. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Sam, it's great to be with you and with Kurt, the survivor. I think now, uh, henceforth and forevermore, he should be the survivor, Kurt Crosby. The COVID survivor. Yes, Kurt Crosby is a COVID survivor, ladies and gentlemen. Him and about 10 members of his family survived. Nobody even went to the hospital, James. Yeah, you know, if if it was... uh, and establish the news article, he'd be listed as a survivor. You know, even though 98, only 98% of the people who get it do survive, it's interesting to know one of those people, and Kurt's one of them, and uh, he, he's a survivor to me, that's for sure. Not only that, he's a robust survivor. And let me tell you why he's robust, because he never even went off the air with the corona. <laughs> no, I, I joke not. He, he literally was live during the corona, and y'all didn't know. Uh, he told me not to speak out about it, so I just remained silent. But I'm telling you right now, he was broadcasting live with the crowd. I put on my mask for the show so I wouldn't get it. You know what I'm talking about? Even though we're not even together. The microphone. Right. Now, did you hear that they're literally with on Zoom now? They're asking people to wear masks because sending a, a non-mask wearing person even over Zoom is a bad idea. It makes people believe that you could be laxed on masks and it's okay. So they're encouraging masks even on Zoom now. It's, 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 it's really become a religious-like deal. 
I even saw uh, an article about anti-maskers, you know, that it's like the new racism, I guess, or it's, it's just, you know, uh, mass supremacy. I don't, I don't know what it is, Sam, but it's, it's definitely gotten to the point now where there is, you know, violence being visited upon people who can think for themselves on this particular issue. And um, I tell you, it just goes to show the mass insanity uh, of a crowd. All right, I've kind of joked, you know, the to be or not to be, and to mask or not to mask, James. And, you know, I've kind of joked about that for a while, but this gets more serious uh, by the second, uh, sad to say. A quick caller, then we want to get to the master topic of today's discussion. Kevin, Utah, quick. Yeah, I wanted to talk about uh, covenant communities or whatever you call them. Uh, I know that you're. Yeah, everybody's afraid to move to them, so there won't be any, sir. Yeah, actually, I found out about one in Utah, 50 miles of Moab. Yeah. It's uh, rock, what is it, rock Rock ranch land. It's a rock that's had a big hole in it, and people are building houses, and it's a group of polygamists that founded it. They're living there. You can't even move there unless everybody votes you in. All right. Well, there you go. There are some people doing covenant communities, but they're very few and far between, and most folks just won't move to them. Patriots won't do anything for the sacred cause of liberty. Well, Kevin, Go ahead, Kevin. I'll try to. You're going to move there? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm very intrigued by the issue. I guess if people vote me in, maybe. Would you? No. Oh, now I might move to a covenant community if there was one available with with land and, and, you know, a normal kind of a city being built or a normal kind of a uh, community in the county. But I wouldn't I wouldn't go to one where they have to vote me in or vote me out, because if they can vote me in, they can vote me out as the first problem. Uh, The second problem is, hey, you know what? That puts too many people in charge. They almost have their own kind of internal government scenario, which I'm even more scared of than I am our current government. So I'd be very careful with some of that stuff. If there's really organizations and neighborhoods or, or communities or, or subdivisions or whatever word you want to choose for some of these things now, that was really out in the country that really had the right scenarios, I, I might possibly move with the right group. But I wouldn't move to a group that has that much control to vote me in or vote me out, I'll tell you that right now. Because if they vote me in and I buy land there and I live there, whose land is it? I'm actually surprised that it exists. I would think the federal government or the state government of Utah would try to shut that down. I guess it's been around since the 70s. All right. Well, you know, I don't know. So I don't know. What do you say, James? Thanks, Kevin. What do you say, James? Well, I mean, you always see things in in another dimension, uh, a greater dimension than I can. I mean, on the face of it, I take Kevin's point of view. It's interesting. Anything different, you know, is worthy of a look. But I guess if you think about it, uh, what exactly is going to be uh, the government apparatus, if you get a negative news article written about you, which certainly <laughs> always happen with us, is that going to uh, fluster the neighborhood they vote you back out? I guess, you know, obviously you need more information. Everybody would need more information to see if it's sustainable and if the state's going to come down and, and lower the boom on it. But, I mean, uh, any time people try something outside of the box, it's worth taking a, a look at in terms of due diligence. But would you move to a covenant community? I don't even know what it is, <laughs> except for what I just heard about it in the last... Minutes, it's but. just a group of people that move out somewhere and say they want to be together in a, their own little group, either form a city or a, um, you know, it's something in the county or you know, a little town or. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, we've we've kicked this around with, uh, you know, we had a great ladies' night show on my program last Saturday night, and what it was, it was five different ladies, uh, 
in some cases, different stages of life, but all homeschooling uh, Christian families. And, of course, we talk about, hey, you know, wouldn't it be great if you could buy, if we could all buy land in, in, a, in a similar area, not necessarily make our own township, but just to have a community where you could rely on one another and have, have people there that are of like mind uh, that could get to you and help you in a, in a, in a time of crisis and whatever. You know, so certainly building a, a community uh, has its intrigue. Now, whether that community has its own laws or you just talk about living within close proximity to one another, you know, I think I'm kind of thinking about this in terms of the latter. You, you just live in an area where you've got a collection of families who will have your back. Uh, yeah, and I, and I would support that idea. Part of the problem with it, too, is they tried to live for your, you know, die state. That didn't work out too well. Uh, they've tried in Arizona to get a covenant community off the ground. I mean, I, th- I support the idea. I believe in the concept of Christians uh, who can stand near one another and have one another's back yeah. and support one another. I support the idea that if you were in a small enough county, you could elect a county sheriff that would be constitutional. I support the principles and the ideas of a covenant community or a or a group of people living near one another. The, the problem that I have with it is everybody wants it to be in their backyard. No one's willing to move for exactly. it. No one's even willing to put five bucks into radio, so you'd never have your own radio or TV station, or you'd never have your own newspaper. If you can't even get a radio station, a TV station, or a newspaper, you think you can literally move and live together and be successful? I don't well, think so. Here's the thing about it, to your point, Sam, and it's a good point. In order to make this happen, people are going to have to move because you're going to be talking about people who are spread out all over the country, in the case of Utah, probably at least uh, across the state, and you would have to come together somehow, some way in order to do it. So in order to do that, you're going to have to move. You're going to have to uproot. There's somebody, it's like you said, everybody who plans this, or not everybody, I'm just speaking generally, but the people who think this is such a good idea, they want to be the one where everybody moves to. You don't want to be the one where you're moving from. And then if you do that, you're going to have a problem, especially if you're moving to an area that's so sparsely populated, you could actually get 10 or 20 families together and actually have a say in some sort of a town government. If you're going to move to a town that's sparsely populated where just a few families could could, uh, could uh, move the needle. Yeah, where they could have enough influence. You're not going to have a place that's going to have a lot of job opportunities. You're going to have to have people who are either self-sustaining somehow or they already got all the money they need. It's just going to be very difficult from a job standpoint to move to a rural area and still be able to have the income, I think that would be a problem. Kurt, do you want to weigh in? Well, on this whole, um, uh, you know, community thing, uh, you know, it is tough, Sam. I, I think that uh, people, um, you know, if they live right next to it, they think, well, I can move there. But then they live across the country. They, you know, at least I know in my case, I've got family and different things to consider uh, about moving to some specific place. Uh, you know, at least for me, that's kind of a high priority item. And and then I also wonder if um, if we're supposed to continue to work wherever we are. I know that uh, you know, it kind of makes me think of the uh, scripture there, the story in the Bible about the. Uh, you know, God trying to find a good group of people there in Sodom and Gomorrah. And, you know, first it was 50, then it was 40, and then it was on down. You know, um, some small group of patriots or uh, at least, uh, you know, God-fearing people in certain areas and, uh, well, anywhere can make, 
I think, hopefully, a difference. And so, yeah, I, but at the I end of that wonder, story, they had to flee, right, Kurt? Well, that's right. But they also, uh, you know, at least I think people make a difference. Like uh, guests we have, James Edwards, where he lives, you know, we'd think he ought to head out of Memphis because, uh, you know, it's <laughs> a dangerous spot, you know. Yeah, but he ain't but, moving uh, out of Memphis anytime soon. In fact, he'll never leave the state no. of uh, Tennessee or Mississippi, I don't think. Well, here's the problem, guys. Again, you'd be leaving your families. I mean, unless you take your whole extended family with you. But it's a, it's a good idea. In- yeah, the go west young man is out in modern times, baby. Hang tight. <laughs> Claiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. Former Vice President Joe Biden formally secured the delegates needed during last night's edition of the Democratic National Convention, so he's now the official Democratic presidential nominee. Giving the keynote address at last night's edition of the four-night event was his wife, Dr. Jill Biden. I know that if we entrust this nation to Joe, he will do for your family what he did for ours, bring us together and make us whole. Biden's running mate Kamala Harris will address the convention tonight, and Biden himself will accept the nomination tomorrow evening. Firefighters are battling a huge fire at a facility that makes and recycles plastic products in Grand Prairie, Texas. The fire started a few hours ago, and it's been seen from miles away. This is USA Radio News. Balance of nature, changing the world one life at a time. I've been on this balance of nature for quite some time now. I know that what you put in your body is critical to your health. I listen to AM radio out of Dallas, and you have these people on there witnessing about the difference it's made in their life. All these people aren't lying about this. I had not even had as much as a cold since I've been taking this, and I'm telling you, my energy level has increased unbelievable. So I'm impressed with it. Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 800-246-8751. That's 800-246-8751. Or by going to balanceofnature.com and make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code USA. With an update on concerns about the U.S. Postal Service, here's USA Radio's Wendy King. Postmaster General Louis DeJoy said he's suspending some of the changes he's made to the Postal Service since he took office. DeJoy promised the USPS would be able to handle the expected increase of mail volume in the coming months as Americans receive and return mail-in ballots for the November election. The post office is going to be fine. Your mail-in ballots are going to be fine. It's unclear whether DeJoy's announcement means that collection boxes and mail sorting machines that are already removed will be returned to their original locations. COVID-19 is now the third leading cause of death in the United States following heart disease and cancer. The coronavirus now causing more deaths than diabetes and Alzheimer's with an average of more than 1,000 fatalities a day recently. Dow futures are up. NASDAQ futures are down. 
And this is USA Radio News. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. Don't worry, your mail ballot's fine. Everything's all good. Coronavirus is killing everybody. No one has any money. It's all good. Don't worry about nothing. Hey, your world's just fine. Don't move to covenant communities because, golly, you might have to leave your mama. Don't do that. No, 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 no. Got to go ahead and just keep the status quo and keep YouTube rolling. Keep your go-ahead and Netflix happening. and It's all good. Don't worry about a thing there, James. I tell you what, Sam, uh, the whole world is surreal now. I was watching, I don't know what your big topic of the night is uh, or the day, but I was watching that stuff last night, and it, it, the world has just gotten bizarre. It's scary watching the Zoom Democratic conference. And, uh, we're in for very, if this year hasn't been interesting enough, with the rioting and the burning down of cities and that not being a crime and uh, maybe what you think is a crime, but burning down a police station isn't. And then this whole coronavirus hoax, this madness, this madness. I don't believe anything that I just heard in, in that uh, news news break. But uh, in any event, between where we stand right now as we speak and Election Day, I bet we're going to see things that we could have imagined in our worst nightmares. Kurt, you want to respond to this? Well... You know, there's, uh, if I remember right, there's an old Chinese proverb, uh, you know, that uh, <laughs> says, may you live in interesting times. And, and uh, you know, I'd say we definitely got that going on. We what found we it. Say, what do you think of that, James? Because I think, you know, Keith, my co-host, calls that a, the Chinese curse. Some people call it a proverb. Uh, I think he refers to it as a curse. Um well, it's interesting to say the least. We, I wish it was interesting in a better way. Interesting is we don't know exactly if we're going to be uh, in jail this time next year for, for being free-thinking Christians. Uh, I tell you what, the, the interesting, your imagination can run wild with the interpretation of that word. I don't even know how to respond to all this, folks, because here's my take. Covenant communities, I think, would be viable uh, under one circumstance. You ready for it? You ready for it? Yes. All right. As soon as the societal norms are taken away that impact people in ways that spur action, okay, as long as you have the government delivering food to everybody via food stamps and the like, you know, the WIC programs for milk for, you know, mamas and babies and whatever, as long as you have the government school lunches rolling, even when you're not at school, you can still even roll in and get lunch, right? If you don't have uh, the need for the lunch, you could sell them on eBay or something, right? Sell them on Craigslist or whatever the heck people are doing with those lunches. In other words, as long as you have government and, you know, they got the coronavirus um, hardship that you can apply for your mortgage and then you'll get a government mandated, you know, back off of the mortgage time. As long as you roll 600 or 400 or whatever, extend the unemployment benefits, send people checks, keep the YouTube and, the, and, and, and you know, that going. So you got food and entertainment there and, and, and shelter and air conditioning and heating, and it's all good. People don't really give a rip. Who cares? Doesn't matter. Just watch the bubble, man. Just watch the bubble, okay? Uh, then people are going to be fine. Now, let me just tell you this. You take away the unemployment. You take away the uh, bread bowl, as some people like to call it, for folks. So now you're worried about food. 
uh, or worried about shelter or worried about clothing or worried about fuel, you know, stay warm and cool. And now you're going to have a change. You're going to have riots in the streets. You're going to have folks that say, I've got to flee to a safer spot and I've got to get help. And I'm telling you, until those structures break down, people don't give a rip, Kurt. Well, it's, um, at least in my opinion, I agree with your point that um, if we get a little bit more focused on, the, you know, for example, that the God of heaven is who supplies us with all the things we need and not the government, um, you know, then at least we'll certainly be a little bit more focused on what should be, we should be focused on. Yeah, if you had on. a war or a famine, people would be serious about covenant communities now. Well, this is a good point you're making, Sam. This is this is this is this is interesting. Yeah, you're right. Until the uh, the shoe drops, people are going to be relatively content with just watching this thing uh, continue to slowly erode. Uh, the uh, eroding of our freedoms, the eroding of our liberties, the eroding of of everything that we hold dear. As long as you know, as people are still comfortable, they're going to do that. Now, if uh, if and when that day comes where there is no food on the uh, on the supermarket shelves, there is no income coming in. You're at a, a complete balkanization of a war. Yes, you're going to be wanting to go to one of these off the grid communities, but as it stands now, you know I can remember people have been talking about this forever. I remember one of the very first interviews I did uh, 16 years ago when I started my program with with a guy with a, a group called Christian Exodus, and he, he wanted he was a good guy. I think he was even on Fox News to talk about it. Uh, but his idea was, this was in the early 2000s, and South Carolina was a conservative state. He wanted all Christians and patriots to move to South Carolina to take over the state. Yeah, because that's where he was in South Carolina. Moved to my state, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yes, he was in South Carolina. But we've heard other people want to do it in places. Now, think about taking over a whole state. I mean, uh, it's never going to happen. Uh, but the... Um, I heard other people wanted to do this in places so I mean, it was like a population of 10. There wasn't nothing there but land. So, again, what are you going to do about jobs? What are you going to do about housing? Are, they, are these people in these covenant communities, are they building their own houses like Mel Gibson does at the end of the movie The Patriot? I mean, it's just a big old campsite, buddy. But the, you know, these concerns become less concerning, though, uh, if, if you're worried about the mob coming to your house in some state of insurrection. So it just... Yeah, if you live in Seattle and the thugs are coming by and saying, all whiteys, get out of your house, you might start to think a little different, huh? That's right. That's the situation. Here's the thing. Great idea in theory, very interesting in theory, in practice and in application. Difficult to see right now, but if you you look through the white right lens and with the squint at a time of complete uh, upheaval, and the, the complete deterioration of society as we know it, then those places do look better. And it'd be good to have them there somewhere if that day comes. Or when that Let day me comes. give you an example of my point. I'm telling you, we've got so many first world concerns that isn't funny. People are like, hey, man, I can't move to a rural community. There ain't no Walmart there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stuff like that. See, okay, that's, that's the deal. Now, here's the headline. You're going to dig this. It's article USA Today, the money section. And here's the headline. Biden's Corvette has a story behind it. Detroit Free Press. Those are the people that attacked James Edwards, right? That's right. Yeah. Okay, so they're getting it done with serious stuff now. Listen up now. Here's the problem. (laughs) If presidential nominee Joe Biden wins in November, he's got a problem on his hands, James. You know what it is? 
His Corvette. He will have to hand over the keys to the Corvette, buddy. To the only car that he's ever loved, don't you know? A 1967 Chevy Corvette. It's a convertible Stingray, don't you know? The Secret Service forbids the Commander-in-Chief to drive. Even once his term ends, he's not allowed to drive. Yeah, former president could never drive a car on the, oh, quote, wow. open or public roads again. Did you know that, sir? I did not know that. I actually learned something from the Detroit uh, News. Yeah, there you go. So, Kurt, just so you know, Joe, man, he's got to give up the Corvette keys, buddy, if he gets elected. Because after that, well, he's forbidden uh, by the, the Secret is, Service to ever drive a car again when he's not even president. Yeah, but all he's got to do, uh, you'll see this in the uh, movie Dave, uh, all he's got to do is just kind of sneak out, uh, you know, the back way, if you will, and, uh, you know, just have them arrange for him to get the car, and he can always do that. You know that, what you got to do? Know, you got to get a bimbo eruption to drive for you. Nothing better than kicking back in the convertible, man, with the bimbo eruption driving. What do you think of that, Ask Bill. I got a, a, a good on Kurt for uh, dropping the movie, uh, Dave. That's a pretty good movie. But... Uh, if, if there's a doctor that hasn't taken away Joe Biden's keys by now, <laughs> we, look, that man doesn't need to be driving today, much less if he gets elected. God forbid that day come. But I, I, I watched him try to talk the other day, uh, yesterday, day before, in some short scripted, you know, teleprompter uh, uh, guided appearance. I'm going to be very interested to see his acceptance speech if they allow him to speak. And I'm going to be even more interested to see if they allow the debate to go on. Yeah, man, the country song will come to mind. Prop me up beside the jukebox <laughs> when I die. It's going to be kind of like that, ain't it? You know, there was some concern about Hillary being healthy, but I think we always knew that she had her evil mind intact. I mean, if you're talking about, uh, listen, I, I think my grandpa great-grandparents go through Alzheimer's and dementia. It's not a funny thing, but I mean, I wouldn't want them to be president in that state of mind. Well, and I certainly wouldn't want them to be paraded in front of the public to be mocked and ridiculed either. On both sides of the aisle, I know they've kind of coronated this guy or whatever else, but literally even Democrats are mocking his, his state of affairs. They're really counting on Kamala to uh, kind of be the deal. And uh, anyway, don't worry, Joe Biden, though, did talk about the family history of this Corvette, man. He got it as a wedding gift. Single owner car, it's Joe's. You know, that's what you get on a politician's salary, huh? All right, hang tight. James Edwards on your radio. The Political Cesspool.org. Do we reflect about our future and where we as a culture are moving? Do we keep our trust in our jobs, homes, money, life necessities, investments, stock markets? Do we believe that our 401ks or other retirements will always be there? and that the current economic order will recover? Is the economy going to recover and life return to normal? It ain't gonna happen by a friend of Medjugorje. Whether you are poor, middle class, or rich, it ain't gonna happen. A book of astounding revelations about the present economic order and where we are heading. It ain't gonna happen by a friend of Medjugorje. To order, visit medj.com, spelled M-E-J.com, or call Caritas in the U.S. 205-672-2000, 205-672-2000.
why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. All right, Kurt Cosby, James Edwards, ThePoliticalCessPool.org, and yours truly on your radio. So Joe Biden is going to give up the ultimate thing to be your president, James. Yeah, that car has got to be pretty old if you got it as a wedding gift. 67, buddy. Got to give him some credit for keeping it up and running. He could literally still drive that with that car being that old. Yeah, I hear that he'll move to a covenant community as long as you provide a garage to take care of that car for him, buddy. Roll in. All right, uh, enough of that. So the battle between Biden and Trump and Michelle Obama gave the, uh, quote, key attack speech against the Donald. President Trump fires back, and President Trump kind of mocks and says, the only reason I'm in office is because your president, brother, husband, president's failures. That's why I'm here now, so, you know, stop, Michelle. Uh, and the insults are hurled back and forth on the national stage. But do you think it makes a difference who even gets elected at all, James? I mean, who cares if you have Biden or Ocasio-Cortez or, you know, John Kasich or, you know, Michelle Obama or maybe even Kamala Harris or or maybe you have Trump or Reagan-esque ideas. Do you think it matters a darn? I think that the difference is very, very marginal, Sam. And so you got to ask yourself, is that marginal difference enough to get animated about? Because we have seen since you and me and Kurt were at the Quicken Loans Arena. We were there the night Donald Trump. We were there for the equivalent of last night what Joe Biden experienced. When Donald Trump was named uh, the Republican nominee in 2016, we were there. Now, what have we seen since then? We have seen nothing but the steady decline of America by every standard of measurement. Less freedom, more censorship. Everything we had hoped he would maybe pump the brakes on has continued and really has accelerated. I think the only difference is it will accelerate even more quickly if if Biden and Harris get in there. I don't think Trump is going to do, I think after four years, we've seen, and, and you and I are going to have a long discussion about this very soon, but I don't think we've seen a great uh, change or any change at all back to um, you know the, the America that our founders might have recognized. Uh, but so the question I think is, I, if Trump wins, you know, will will it be as bad as it would be if if, if Biden wins? And I, I think I would rather Trump win, you know, certainly still to this day. I think if Biden wins, there's a very real chance you're going to get complete UK-like uh, speech laws here in this country, and we could all go to jail for that. So the interesting discussion point has to do with, you know, <clears throat> there's a gazillion arguments about this. 
One says, yes, it would be better if Trump was in office versus Biden from a, well, Biden might do more damage to the country and care less about the Constitution idea. But there's also a, an idea that when the, you know, when the Democrats get in power, when the Bill Clintons are running around raping, pillaging, and plundering, um, you know, no problem. But yet the conservatives get up in arms and the Christians band together and say, hey, we got to stop this crazy nut. When a good guy gets in office that actually cares about the Constitution, everybody kind of goes to sleep and stuff like that, right? And so you got to kind of ask that and say, hey, what if you had the corona? What if you had mandated masks everywhere? What if you had, and this dovetails nicely into my whole point about this covenant community discussion. What if all of a sudden, you know, Joe Biden says, yep, we're going to force everyone to wear masks. And yep, we're going to go ahead and give everybody the jab. You're going to be forced to take the vaccines and Yes, we're not opening up a single school and your business is completely shut down and how dare you come out of your house. And if you're caught in your house without a mask on, buddy, then you're going to jail and we're going to divide up families. Pretty soon the Christians and everybody be all up in arms to stop that stuff. And, you know, what's better, Kurt? It's hard to really say. Well, it's a great point, Sam. I mean, we've uh, seen this before with, uh, say, uh, the Clinton versus um, George Bush deal. I remember uh, people just kind of relaxing back, thinking, well, now we got a, uh, well, a good guy in there. Uh, but it uh, just seems to me that at least one thing that the president, uh, uh, President Trump, has done is point out the fact that so much of our problem lies in, uh, well, you can call them the swamp monsters or the in, in uh, basically the bureaucrats that have been there forever uh, and so much of our government that needs to, well, basically disappear so that we can uh, make America great again. And all he needed need to do is actually make it disappear, but I don't see a single government unconstitutional agency he's gotten rid of. Not a one. Well, we know of the reports about um, any uh, new... Um, regulation has uh, been able to uh, if any new ones are put in place we've seen the reports where eight or more of uh, the old ones are gone and all i can say is in my lifetime i've just never ever seen any you're right on every point of, uh, old regulation you're right and the question becomes you know if we're going to hell 90 mile north right uh or if we're going 70 or if we're going 30, you know, we're still headed in the wrong direction. There. That's and, right. That's and so, you know, it's hard for me to say which is worse. Is it better to just bring it on and go south so fast that people panic? Or is it better just to, like, join the scenic route where, hey, as long as the Netflix is on, I'm cool. You guys just keep riding that train as long as I can watch my Netflix and as long as I can eat my whatever I do. Just leave me alone. You, which you is better? Absolutely. You have absolutely summed up the entire question of who to vote for and why. 90 miles an hour to hell or 30 miles an hour to hell? Yeah, and honestly, the answer would be to go to hell as fast as we can for the shock value. That would be the honest answer that I would give you if I was 20 years old. But as you guys know, and you guys know it even better than I do, even though my third is on the way right now, once you become a father, you want to buy as much time as you can for your children. So if you'd ask me this question when I was 20, I'd say, let the bad times roll. Let's wake these people up. Let's, we'll suffer together and something will happen. But now as a father, I got to say, 
you know, if it's going to be even marginally less horrible under Trump, I want that for my children's sake. But for the nation's sake, I think it would be better to go ahead and get it over with. And now, James, I think you've articulated, I've articulated the problem, which is there's no good choice. And there isn't a choice that can turn the car around to go to heaven, right? I'd rather have one foot in hell and one foot out of hell headed in the right direction than I would have one foot out of heaven headed the wrong direction, right? Uh, and so uh, the problem is there's no good answers, and there's nothing that can turn the boat around. And so with that in mind, the only real thought for Christians left in my personal viewpoint should be this. The Savior Jesus Christ is going to come again. Do you agree? Yes, I do. Do you agree, Kurt? Yes. All right. So if the Savior Jesus Christ is going to come again when he does, that's going to be a glorious day. Whether I'm here or not, that's something that I should hope for and prepare for and pray for and live my life to prepare for and so on. Now, I don't know when he's going to come, but it's my duty then to do everything within my power to increase the people's ability to be ready for their king. All right? And everything that I do should encourage people to repent, to forgive, to keep the commandments, to change their lives. I should replace fear with faith. I should replace hopelessness with hope. I should, okay, that's my responsibility as a son of God, as a disciple of Christ, as a follower of the, of the only one to live a completely sinless life. That is my duty. And you know what? When he comes is not my responsibility or my worry. And so the questions that I have is every move I make <clears throat> needs to be to bringing that about and needs to be to creating the most friendly environment that I possibly can for me and my children and my grandchildren until he comes. In other words, what decisions can we make that will have an impact on that? And what decisions can I make and what things can I do to make it as, I don't know if I should say the word tolerable as possible, but what can I do to bring the blessings of heaven down while we wait for our king to return? What can I do to stave off the bad and embrace the good? What can I do that will give us the best chance to have less pain and suffering and trouble while we go through the difficult prophesied period ahead? until our king returns. Isn't that the only question left? And that isn't a political discussion yet. It's a general point about inside or outside politics, uh, inside or outside of your family, individualistically speaking. Hey, isn't that my duty? James, is that your duty? Yeah, I think when you put it like that, in the grand scheme of things, not uh, focusing on the next four years or our existence on this temporal plane, that we call Earth, yes, what you have talked about is the big picture. And so I guess by, by that standard, by that logic, uh, you got to vote for Trump, right? I mean, if it comes down between Trump and Biden. Well, that's the question, and I think that's one action. I think there's a gazillion actions I can take. I can decide to read my scriptures every day and learn about Christ and learn how to lay down my net and follow him. And learn, okay, I can read my, or not. I can just go on to the Netflix instead. I can decide to get up in the morning and isolate myself and live in a covenant community and tell the world to go to heck, right? 
or I can live in my community and say, I'm going to reach out to my neighbors and my loved ones and my friends and my family and anybody that I come in contact with, and I'm going to minister. I'm going to set the example. I'm going to kill them with kindness, if you want to say it that way. I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to make their lives better. I'm going to smile at the person at the cash register and cheer up their day, and I'm going to bring flowers to the family members who, you know, their family members may have passed away, or I'm going to, and I can spend my days going about doing good all the day long. Some call it random acts of kindness. Some call it, you know, good deeds, or do a good turn daily, as the Boy Scouts used to say it. Um, you know, I, what can I do with my time? What can I do with my talents? What can I do with my financial wherewithal, as little as it may be, to bless the lives of others? What can I do to truly be the eyes and ears and hands uh, of the Almighty as his servant to say, I'm going to go about doing good the day long? Okay, and so to me, that's kind of where the discussion really starts and ends. If I'm a Christian, I'll be about my father's business. If I'm a Christian, I will take these responsibilities, uh, the covenants that I made at baptism seriously, which is to, what, bear one another's burdens? Which is to uh, minister to those who are suffering, uh, clothe the naked, feed the hungry. Um, You know what? Put my arms around those who stand in need of comfort and minister and strengthen and love and build faith and courage and endurance and and, uh, hope and, uh, you know, engender a, a spirit of love unfeigned and and kindness, and I'm be my brother. That means my brother and my sister's keeper. And, and ought I go about doing that? Now, how do I do that in a covenant community isolated from everybody? How do I do that in a situation where <clears throat> yeah, the vitriol is so high in politics that I can't see straight, and I can't know who's who? You know, is Donald even part of the swamp? Can't tell you that, you know. Yeah, he's one of them outsiders. But he's been an insider in New York his whole life, but he's an outsider now, right? Or, you know, I don't know. How do I ferret all that out? I believe we have a discussion on our hands, and I believe in the next hour we'll take this on and we will give you answers. We promise that we will deliver on solutions. Because this is the one and only radio talk show that focuses on solutions. With every problem we bring up, we attach it to answers and solutions and hope and courage and ways to move forward that bring people together. That is Liberty Roundtable Live in essence, if you will. LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net. James Edwards with us for the two hours. ThePoliticalSethPool.org. God save the republic. Live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. Hard hitting news the networks refuse to use always at your fingertips. Liberty Roundtable. <laughs> LovingLiberty.net. Kirk Crosby needs to reconnect, and I'm live. This is the broadcast for August the 19th in the year of our Lord, 2020. This is our two of two, promoting God, family, and country, and protecting life, liberty, and property is what we do best. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Kurt's returning in seconds. James Edwards of the Political Cesspool Radio Program with us, commentator, author, family man in his own right, 
does an award-winning broadcast every Saturday evening, three hours of award-winning talk radio. ThePoliticalCesspool.org, great friend of mine, personal dear family friend. Uh, welcome back, sir. Sam, always good. Always good to be with you, especially good to be with you. I think you're in trying times. That's the time when the bonds between brothers uh, really strengthen and tighten. Love you. All right. Let's rock and roll on this. So last hour, we talked in detail about some very, very serious, serious topics. Uh, we talked about covenant communities. What are they? Well, they have different parameters. Uh, but bottom line, people agree to live together, agree to have one another's backs, and they might have different, you know, details to them. One might say, hey, you got to be voted in or you can't even live here. Others might just be, hey, we've all agreed to kind of live in a live free or die, move to a certain state, like the live free or die state project. Uh, and most covenant communities are somewhere in the middle, which is we're not going to control your private property, but we do want to have like-minded citizens uh, live together. Many covenant communities have been tried over the years. Uh, if you look back in Jesus' time, they had a covenant community, and they moved out. And you can you can learn about some of that if you if you study hard about the people who were Christians who moved away. You know, the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints created covenant communities in the Rocky Mountains when they literally got ran out on a rail by Governor William W. Boggs. All right, this guy was a thug, and he literally declared an extermination order. Hey, women, children, everybody leave in the middle of winter. Bloody feet don't care. At the point of a bayonet and a gun and rape and pillage and plunder, you're gone, said the governor. We appealed to the president as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints back in the day. Uh, back in the 1800s, and basically we went to the president, Mr. Van Buren at the time, and uh, Van Buren said, your cause is just, but I can do nothing for you. Well, we're not even close to those times right now. Netflix is still intact for most people, and uh, Joe Biden's worried about his Corvette, and most Americans are okay because they got, as you heard at the top of the hour news, they got that appetizer still available in all 50 states, man. As long as that stuff's going on, no one's compelled to really do anything. All right? No one's really going to make changes in their lives. But I submit to you that once the gloves come off and people are hungry, people don't have Internet, so they've lost their connectivity to the world, to their job. People don't have jobs. People don't have money. People don't have food. People are forced with the threat of vaccinations, whether they want it or not. Tyrannical government running down your throat. The police state running around. Everybody ratting on their neighbors for some supposed benefit kind of a thing when it gets to that level and it approaches civil war level and or famine level then people will change their mind and covenant communities will be rising up like you've never seen before that's my prediction that nothing serious will happen until um tough times come and on one hand i'm not really for those tough times on the other hand i think that they're really the only way that that people will take a lot of this stuff uh seriously Okay, Dennis Prager just emailed me and he said, hey, our country's in trouble. My response, you think? <laughs> wow, that was a pretty neat headline there. Your country's in trouble there. Heard that. Our country is in trouble. I agree with him. But, you know, what do you do about it? Do you vote for <clears throat> Donald Trump and feel like, hey, man, I've done my duty. I voted and uh, it's all good now. Is that going to be enough? Will that make the difference? Okay, I don't think so. And I personally am under the belief that, you know what, this, this discussion that we're having is more about who we are as people and more about the war in heaven continued on earth between Satan 
and the Savior Jesus Christ. Whose side, who are you on? As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord, goes the scripture, right? That's the real discussion right now. Politics is merely a tiny slice of that pie. Now, in the media and in the world, they want you to believe that's the only discussion that should be had. You're either a Donald supporter or you're a Biden supporter. And by golly, if you don't support one of those people, who the heck are you? You're living under a rock. But I don't see it as divisionary as that. I don't see that political teeny slice mattering a tinker's darn. Because in the scheme of things, day to day, how much time do I spend on politics? How much influence do I have on politics? I don't believe I or you or any individual really has that much influence. I'll tell you where I do think you have influence. In your own personal agency and in your family and then in your greater sphere of influence. In the business world, they talk about these circles of influence that you have, right? And they draw circles to show how many friends the average person has and how you can have that influence and how to expand that influence and how to use that influence to your advantage and everything like this, right? But I look at it differently and say, hey, how can I use that influence for God, family, and country? And how can I protect life, liberty, and property? And politics certainly has a part in that, but it's a minute part, right? It's a tiny part. It's a critical part. Don't misunderstand the point, but it is a tiny, tiny speck of dust. And you say, wow, the mainstream press wants you to believe it's all encompassing and all knowing and all whatever. I don't see it that way. I do think it's important. We talk about the political stories of the day to bring them to your attention. Hopefully out of the millions of headlines that, that are generated every day, we bring to you the top 10, 15, 20, 30 that matter the most, that relate to you and your family, relate to things that you should know about, things that you can make a difference regarding, etc. But in the end of the day, it's not a political discussion. Everything is moral. It is not political. It's not right, left, front, back, tall, short, and women, men, whatever. It's moral issues. But the moral issues relate to us and our personal agency and then our families and those whom we have influence over to encourage, to lift, to love. Kurt, am I nuts? All right, we'll try to get Kurt back. I thought he was back by now. Uh, James, am I nuts? No, you're not. And this is probably the most important thing we could talk about is what should you be doing with your time, uh, with the resources that you have uh, available. And, again, time is the biggest resource any of us has, especially once you enter into adulthood and fatherhood, even more importantly, and as a husband. Uh, if the question is Trump or Biden, then we can get into that question as we were doing in the last hour. Do you want to go 90 miles an hour? Do you want to go 30 miles an hour? If you just limit the scope to that particular question. But with regards to... Where is your time best spent? Well, it's raising a godly family. It is preparing them uh, for uh, eternal life. It, it is all of these things. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's much more important probably for us to uh, be reading to our children than, than doing any of this, uh, to be spending time to be praying with our children, to be taking them to church, to be teaching them to, to, to love Christ and, and following his footsteps and, and, and preparing them to lead families for generations to come, that will uh, that will do the same thing. I mean, that's how we leave a legacy. That's how we make a life worth living. And so, yes, I mean, that's what we should be doing much more than any of this. Now, can you have a balance? Can you do it all? Can you do both? Yes, you can. You can. You should be involved in the political issues of your time. And, uh, because that goes into 
uh, helping your family and giving them uh, a, a, a life where they can thrive and, and survive in. I mean, you need to be engaged. You can't just live in, in a bubble and never come out of the home, although your greatest work will happen within the walls of your home. You need to be engaged in the other stuff, too. But, again, if we broaden the scope of it all beyond this election, this, what you talked about in your last five, ten-minute monologue, that's where people's hearts and minds need to be focused. Uh, but it's not, you know, again, completely trivial to, to focus on presidential elections and what's going on. Certainly to not. It's a part of life, but it's not the ultimate part, Kurt. Well, um, to add, hopefully, to this discussion, um, you know, I would simply uh, say that, you know, we have to keep a focus on what's really important. And, uh, you know, at least when when we're talking about the uh, 30% going one way and, you know, or 30 miles an hour going one way and 90 miles an hour going the other way or oh, the, the same, same way, way yeah. Um, <clears throat> My opinion, um, you know, is a little different than that. If you see uh, for every one regulation, new regulation, you get uh, rid of eight, I see that as going in the right direction, not uh, going in the wrong direction because uh, eight is much greater than one. Um, and so, uh, you know, that's my opinion. And, you know, I, I've constantly or mentioned this uh, many times uh where Jesus says, "Be of good cheer," and uh, we're we're told to uh, basically be uh, involved in things, and we know who wins in the end. So I think it's smart to go after Moby Dick in a rowboat and take the tartar sauce with him, with you. <laughs> uh, you know, and in this case, uh, you know, President Trump. Uh, you know, I. <laughs> I don't know everything that's going on behind the scenes, but if you had asked me before his election, hey, would he uh, promote, um, um, for example, um, uh, school choice like he has? Would he promote prayer in school like he has? Would he um, build a, at least some of the wall? Um, would he, you know, and you just go down the list I would have said I'd be really surprised, and yet here we are, and he's done all those things and many more. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the broadcast shall continue. I think elections are a tiny slice of the pie, and I'll explain why in just a second. Uh, but I do think they're a critical part, as James says, and I do agree with the points Kurt's making. You say, how does that all work? You'll find out. Transport back in time to our nation's founding at the Freedom's Light Festival. Visit with freedom fighters, colonial artisans, music, contests, prizes, over 35 activities for the whole family. Schedule a school field trip and fulfill the federal requirement to teach the Constitution. Can you crack the spy codes used to win the Revolutionary War? Take home a founding document printed on the exact replica Isaiah Thomas used for the first Declaration of Independence. Register and compete in the Constitution Bowl. Join us September 17th through the 19th. Register at freedomslight.us. Freedomslight.us. This event is completely free, now more than ever. We need to ensure Freedom's Light is not extinguished. Let's keep this light shining in the hearts and minds of our children. Freedomslight.us. That's freedomslight.us. 
You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, elections matter, no doubt about it. James is right. Kurt's right that, you know what, there's a lot of good being done. It isn't necessarily just a slowdown to go to heck. There's a lot of good being done, and some of it is in the right direction. Kurt's right about that. How do you ferret through all that? How do you accept the different ideas that people have and the different focuses people have, but bring them together in a meaningful way? And I would submit to you that elections matter, but let me tell you what I've been told my whole life and get your responses, James and Kurt. Uh, James Edward with us, thepoliticalcesspool.org, his website. Check out his award-winning broadcast every Saturday night on your radio, thepoliticalcesspool.org. All right, now, um, every election cycle since I've been an adult, and it's been over 30 years now, okay, they tell me this election is the consummate election. This election is the one that tells, I mean, it's either uh, we're going to melt down completely or you vote right, we're going to lose control of the Supreme Court forever. Um, you know what? This is probably the last election. The next president probably will never leave. You'll have to get a block and tackle to get him out of there. You know, if we don't win this election, it's going to be revolution time. The Democrats are going to destroy the whole world. Man, it's going to be horrible. And man, it all ends and begins with this election there now. Whoa. And, and I've heard that, man, this election might be the last free election we ever have. And, and they go on and on. Man, the economy, it'll just melt down if Donald wins or if Biden wins or if Clinton wins or if Bush or Dukakis or who knows who back in the day. And Man, if, if Reagan doesn't win, my, you might as well just stick a fork in it. It's over. Fat lady will be singing before you know it. Uh, by golly, the country, the Constitution is six feet underground. And Man, this election, this one, this one is the one. I mean, Sam, you got to, and on and on to the point where it's like, you know what? I'm about to puke. Stop already. Okay. They say that every single time. Oh, this one though. But, but Sam, this one, I mean, buddy. Look at all the, and, and they go on and on to obnoxium, right? George, it's just like, are you kidding me right now? They say that every time, and they have my whole life. I suspect they've said that since Cain killed Abel. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy town, right? Uh, to the point where um, <clears throat> back in the day in Jesus' time, he was going to go and come, and the king was going to declare war and take out all the thugs and stop it now. Uh, and no, he came in peace, and his message was totally different than they expected, and and they were wrong then, and they're wrong now on this point. Um, what do you think of that, James? Yes, it's like a heavyweight boxing match. Every time there's a heavyweight boxing match, the promoter is presented as the fight of the century. And it's certainly been like that for as long as I can remember. Kerry uh, versus Bush, which was completely inconsequential in just about every way. Uh, was 
this is the, the greatest, you know, most important election the world has ever seen, you know, so I, I can remember all of that. Uh, <laughs> this one might be, though. Oh, yeah, of course, this one might be there. Yeah. You see, now you're <laughs> sucking down the Kool-Aid, you and old Jim no, Jones, huh? Yeah, well, here's the difference, though. We are really teetering. Oh, yes, we are, man. We've been doing that for centuries. Yeah, but really teetering on the brink of societal ruin. Well, you you really it's it's inevitable now. Here's the one difference between now and all of those other elections. All those other elections, you still had a historic majority, a Christian majority. Now, and it might not be now. Well, I'll tell you this: if the Republicans lose this one, they'll never win another election because because again, the demographic, demographic, that's the whole thing. Uh, An election is a demographic headcount. If the Republicans lose this, they'll never again win. And that's not hyperbole. That's not just a, a bold statement. They'll never again be able to compete on a national scale. And maybe too late already because of this very reason. Uh, because you have too many people from the third world, and that's just a Democratic voting drive. And when they come in, it's just a straight-ticket Democratic uh, vote right down the line in whatever state that they land on. And normally those states are Florida or Texas, for obvious reasons. And you lose Florida and Texas, and you can absolutely not win an electoral college ever again. And they may lose Florida this time, and if they do, the game's over at about 8 o'clock p.m. on election night. That's what I'm saying. If that happens, you can forget any of these people that might even get what do you mean? service. What do you mean? Let's say that all happens, then what? Well, then you'll, you can absolutely write off any candidate winning on a federal level. Yeah, who cares? That will even, that will even give lip service to... Christian or constitutional issues, like Trump does, and he's done good on Trump. Yeah, so what? Well, uh, so what is this? If, uh, you will probably see a breakdown on America. Yeah, so what? Line. Well, I'm just saying, as far as elections goes, this is probably the most important one, because never before has that really been in play. Yeah, but who cares? What happens if it goes south? Uh, so what? Well, maybe you'll see. I mean, who's to say? I mean, that's the thing. I don't know. I don't want to find out for my children's sake. I mean, maybe the entire country looks like uh, Minneapolis right after George Floyd. Maybe the entire country looks like Seattle and Portland. Yeah, so the anarchists take over and no one cares about the Constitution anymore. Hey, societies have been doing that for 6,000 years plus, buddy. Well, it's not it's not anything my children have lived through. That's the difference, I guess, from my perspective. I see. Okay. (laughs) What about you, Kurt? Well, I think one of the key things here, Sam, and, um, you know, I know that uh, you're doing the, uh, you know, great job of doing the, uh, you know, devil's advocate here. Um, But I would simply uh, remind um, myself and uh, anybody else who wants to listen that the cause of freedom and uh, liberty is something that the God of heaven values very much. Um, the adversary or Satan's crowd uh, has been working hard to take that away from us uh, ever since before we were born. Uh, it's a battle that continue, you know, go, went on there, uh, and it continues here on Earth. Um, America's in, you could say, the crosshairs simply because uh, it is this the main place of freedom uh it's it's in such a an area where you know this this idea of liberty and freedom is such a small uh group of people throughout history has have even enjoyed a part 
parts of it like we do. And it's so important, our duty is so important as to what we do when it comes to that, whether it's on our uh, local towns, our cities, our states, our, even our federal government, and how that affects the world. Uh, I believe in the um, Christian patriots and the values that they uh, offer uh, as, for example, salt to uh, you know a meal a small amount of something can make a big difference and uh, we do have this continued battle uh, in defense of freedom and liberty uh, it can be won or lost you know on a daily basis um, and pushed forward or um, lost um, based on what we do and so this is important um, it is uh, you know, a call of duty, if you will, that the God of heaven has given us for us to follow his commandments. And, uh, you know, that, I believe, includes this protection of liberty and freedom. All right. I wouldn't look at myself as the devil's advocate, as Kurt wants to paint it. But I would say that I kind of think of myself a little bit more like Clarence. You ever seen the old Christmas movie where Clarence is in there, uh, James? It's called It's a Wonderful uh, Life, sir. What, okay, yeah, Wonderful Life. <laughs> All right. You ever heard of the Grinch? When I was very young. You ever heard of the Grinch, who, uh, the Scrooge, who was shown kind of how his life was and how his life uh, took a turn for the worst and what it could okay, be and this kind of thing? Of course. All right. So there's a gazillion <clears throat> um, parodies on this idea, but what would life be like, so to speak, uh, is the idea of Clarence. And Clarence shows... <clears throat> Um, you know, what life would be like if, if the main character wasn't born, right? And or uh, didn't exist and or made different choices. There's a, there's a gazillion themes on this, this narrative. What if <clears throat> the founding fathers didn't care about liberty? What if in their day they just jettisoned the idea and said, hey, it doesn't matter, tinkers darn. Hey, man, going 90 mile north, going 30 mile north, it doesn't matter, you're going the wrong direction, it's horrible, and it's just an all big old loss, and forget it. It's a tyrannical nation, George is king, and that's that. And what if, uh, what if they Clarence Thomas or Clarence, the uh, uh, angel trying to earn his wings, if you will, and it's a wonderful life. Uh, what George, uh, you know, spent some time with him and learned quite a bit, right? The Scrooge spent some time and learned quite a bit, right? What if the founding fathers? What if we went down that road with them? And I submit to you, we'd have a very different nation now, if we, um, well, if they didn't do. The things they did, if they didn't stand when it mattered most, if they didn't humbly, as Kurt wisely points out, do their duty. Now, I'm not really trying to be the devil's advocate, but I am trying to get people to think a little bit. And I am trying to get people to really question, does it matter? And I would submit to you that with a resounding yes, it absolutely matters. I agree that elections aren't the end and be all of everything. I want to get rid of that notion. But I also believe a stand for the sacred cause of freedom has always been and will always be absolutely a trillion percent vital, as Kurt wisely says. It does matter to the God of heaven without a doubt, and therefore it matters to me. So I hope you think of me a little bit more like Clarence than the devil. Protecting your liberties. 
You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. Some postal union leaders are expressing skepticism at Postmaster General Louis DeJoy's statement yesterday in which he said that all changes he's been making to the Postal Service, like moving mail processing equipment and blue collection boxes, are being suspended until after November's election. More than a dozen postal union leaders have told CNN that sorting machines have already been removed or taken out of service. At night two of the Democratic National Convention, former Secretary of State John Kerry said President Trump has bankrupted everything he inherited from the Obama-Biden administration. Our interests, our ideals, and our brave men and women in uniform can't afford four more years of Donald Trump. Biden's running mate Kamala Harris will address the convention tonight, and Biden himself will accept the nomination tomorrow. And this is USA Radio News. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. Balance of nature, it's the greatest thing in the world. I can't imagine where I'd be without it. You know, I I feel 20 years old again, and I want to continue to stay in shape. I understand the oversaturation in the market and the resulting cynicism that people have, but balance of nature works for anybody and everybody. And as much as it's a today product, it's a product for the future for me. I am the most satisfied customer in the world. I don't know what I would do without it. Don't wait to see what getting over 10 servings of whole fruits and vegetables every day can do for you. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Start your journey to better health today by calling 1-800-2468-751 or by going to balanceofnature.com. Again, that's balanceofnature.com. And make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code USA. At least 30 wildfires continue to rage in California, and at the same time, the state is suffering under a heat wave. And investigators say a California high school soccer star who died at practice last weekend may have been killed by the heat. The 17-year-old All-City player died after working out with his club team at a park in Chino Hills when it was 111. The official cause of death will be announced after an autopsy. In Virginia, lawmakers are holding a special session this week to handle dozens of criminal justice reform proposals. The one proposal in particular that's sparking a battle is a push to change a law that currently allows police to charge people with felony assault on an officer, even if the officer or officers involved are not seriously hurt. The bill by Senate Democrats would downgrade the charge from a felony to a misdemeanor. They're also considering bills to ban the use of police chokeholds and no-knock warrants. And this is USA Radio News. So I'm trying to be a little like Clarence, not necessarily trying to be the devil's advocate. And I bring up a lot of the arguments that I brought up at the start of these discussions because I believe that's what people are saying to me, trying to convince me one way or the other. And I submit to you that it absolutely matters. Freedom does matter. Yes, you don't need to be involved in politics 24-7, but it is your duty to vote. It is your duty to understand elections and vote for the person who would represent you the best. Vote for those who would hold the moral high ground. It is a small piece of life, but a critical piece, no doubt. And the things that we do individually matter folks and even if we're going 30 miles an hour south versus 90 miles an hour south 
as James wisely says, we're buying time till the Savior comes. That's not a bad view. You could say, well, Sam voting for the lesser of two evils is still evil. Uh, it all depends on how what you determine to be evil. If I vote for a third party that can't win at all, and I know they can't win, is it evil to bury my head in the sand and say, hey, I won't influence for good where I can in the arena that matters? What if I don't vote at all? Is that a better plan? See, you can ask all these questions, and what you do is you get down rabbit holes that leads you to a no-win situation. At the end, I have my view, you have your view, and we're stuck, and nobody can make a difference. I would submit to you that America's in trouble. I would submit to you, like Clarence told George in It's a Wonderful Life, your choices absolutely matter. And I wish I could take this nation on a Clarence uh, or a Scrooge-type uh Reality check. What would society be like today in the greatest country on the face of the earth if the founding fathers just went, ah, the heck with it. It doesn't matter. It tinkers darn. And they just jettisoned the cause. What would America look like today? And I submit to you that it would be a horrible. You think George was dismayed to see what things would be like um, if he wasn't standing tall. Uh, Just imagine if the founding fathers didn't stand tall. Just imagine if Christians through the centuries didn't stand tall. Just imagine if you and I don't stand tall, what the future, because isn't it past, present, and future, folks? I think it is. The past is wonderful because, as Kurt said, Americans, Christians, God-fearing patriots did their duty in the past, and that's why we live in the greatest country on the face of the earth, and we are receiving the blessings of their suffering, of their fortunes, their sacred honors and their lives, and we stand on the blessings of their sacrifice. Are we going to let our children down and either one, get out of the game and say it doesn't matter, or two, rationalize our way out of being as influential as we could possibly be, or are we going to triple down on that legacy and stand as tall and as strong and as moral and as patriotic as we possibly can thanking those who went before us for their example and their service and their pioneering zeal and we will double triple quadruple that zeal in our day and say you know what i may not be able to solve the world's problems by three o'clock you're right about that but i can and i will do everything within my power to see a free people meet their savior jesus christ that's what i will do and absolutely i am on board like no other that's what clarence is telling us That's what we need to tell each other. That's the mission of God-fearing Americans. That's the mission of free-living patriots. That's the mission of those who believe in pro-life, who believe in God, who believe in family, who believe in country, who believe in the protection of life, liberty, and property. That is our obligation. I submit to you that as Kurt says, it's a duty. He's right, but it's more than a duty. It's a sacred commitment that I submit to you we made before the world was. When we were in heaven with our God, there was a war waged in heaven. Do you all remember that? No, you don't, but it's true. The Bible tells you all about it. And if you're a Christian, you understand that war continues today. Are you a warrior for freedom? Are you a lay down, licking the boots for slavery kind of person? Who are you? Let me ask you that. Who are you? We all get discouraged as George did. But thank heavens Clarence came to the rescue and said, hey, now, I don't know that Clarence was playing the devil's advocate. He was trying to get his wings. You know what I'm talking about? He wasn't really trying to be negative. He was just trying to say, hey, you know what? Things could go bad in the past and in the present. 
But what we can deal with right now is the present and the future. I can't control the past. So I've got an announcement to make, and then I want to get your take on it, ladies and gentlemen. I haven't been a Trump supporter in the past. I've said he's an inside guy. Be very careful. Da-da-da-da-da. And that all remains true. However, I submit to you that if I want a chance to make a difference, then I will look at things as they really are. Okay? Reality is, is things as they really are. And let me tell you how it really is. You ready? Donald Trump has been the most pro-life president in my lifetime. It is not debatable. Could he do more? Without a doubt. Should he do more? I pray he does. I will do all within my power to help him do that. But I submitted to you that when the Republicans took power in the beginning, I said pro-life is the most important issue. It is the singular most important issue, ladies and gentlemen. I said that then, and I mean it now. And so I have been an independent American and or a Constitution Party member for literally the last several decades. I am now changing my party affiliation to Republican, and I am going to vote for Donald Trump, and I endorse Donald Trump right now for one singular reason. He stands more pro-life than any elected person in my lifetime. And if Donald doesn't win in November, we lose that. James, are you shocked? Uh, well, Sam, I kind of had an idea that that was coming based upon the conversations that you and I uh, had shared behind the scenes over the, the course of the last few weeks. Uh, it is a pretty stunning development, though, compared to where we all were four years ago. Where four years ago, when we were in Cleveland, and before and after that, even, you know, I was the one that was so eager for Trump, and he was, he was saying things that were very grounded and very well reasoned, but I just thought, not on a this is this is it. We got to go all in. And what you said wasn't debatable. I mean, you weren't wrong. Uh, but it is interesting now that uh, you've got the, the public endorsement because I know you said that you weren't going to vote for Trump last year, or last cycle, and that you didn't. And, and again, I'd always vote a third party too. But it does show how perspectives can change. And this gets back to your greater point about furthering the, the, the work of the kingdom, being involved in, in these uh, these affairs. But also keeping your eye on the prize, uh, you know, I, it's all about doing your duty. It's about doing one's duty, come what may, and letting the results be in God's hand, to, to paraphrase the great Robert E. Lee. But I remember when I was 20 years old, when I was 20 years old, this very month, 20 years ago, I was in California for the Reform Party convention with Pat Buchanan, about 20 years ago, nearly to the day. And I remember back then thinking, well, you know, we're going to win this election, you know. I was 20 years old. I'm going to tell my people at my church. I'm going to knock on doors and tell them what this guy stands for. And this is going to be so obvious. This is the guy that they've got to vote for. We're going to win the election. Pat Buchanan is going to be the next president because I'm involved now, and I'm going to go out and see this thing through. Well, obviously, that's that's 20-year-old naivete. 20 years later at 40, the principles don't change. We're still for everything we've always been for. But to, to me, in doing one's duty, I think here's the thing, Sam, setting an example. You're right. Our very best efforts may not be enough to change what's going to happen in this next presidential cycle in November. It may not be enough to bring America back to the vision of the founders. But what we can do is be a shepherd, a good shepherd for our flock. And our flock is the audience that God has given us here on this radio network. And if that's all my life is going to be, that's going to be a life well spent. If at the end of the day, I check out of this as being having been a good husband, a good father, 
and, and a guy who did the best I could to encourage, educate, inspire, and give hope to uh, the audience that God gave me. Uh, that's a great life. That's a, that's a life more fulfilling than I think a lot of men are going to be able to, uh, to, to live. All right, so my headline for this hour says, Dennis Prager, our country is in trouble. Sam Bushman, what are you going to do about it? And that's really the kind of the theme today, ladies and gentlemen. What I'm going to do about it is I'm going to see that the most pro-life president in my lifetime, to the best of my ability now, uh, remains there. And then I'm going to do everything that I can to encourage him to be more pro-life. The second point to be made is I'm going to stand for the rule of law. And I'm going to stand with the president and say we cannot have illegal, illegal immigration run over this country. We just can't have it. Biden and crew would let that happen. Uh, I don't think this election is the end all and be all. And I don't think it's the end of the world if Biden gets elected. I think it'll be a rough road to hoe for us and our children. There's no doubt about it. But I don't think it's the end of the world. I think God's still in control even if Biden wins is the point. Nevertheless, I like Clarence, the angel that wants to earn his wings, want to influence America to say, hey, what would it be like if Sam Bushman does nothing now in the future? What will it be like if Kirk Cosby uh, and, and James Edwards and others just say, hey, it doesn't matter a heck. Who can't, you know, I can't make a difference and, and whatever. I'll live in a covenant community if the right one comes along. Uh, I will defend America, I will stand for pro-life, and I'll do everything within my power to see the principles of God, family, and country are promoted. And that's why we're on your radio for this very reason. When we get back, we'll hear from Kurt Crosby directly. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win they lose nothing less big q little q the calm before the storm by a friend of Megagoria. the strategy of heaven revealed big q little q the calm before the storm available on amazon.com or by calling caritas in the u.s at 205-672-2000 The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues that affect the American West, its people, lifestyles, lands, and wildlife. The Loving Liberty Radio Network is proud to support the publisher's efforts to provide an active forum for solutions that preserve the vanishing American cowboy, farmer, and sheep herder. Each issue contains informative articles on life in the American West, along with breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of the cowboy spirit in our day. Each issue of Range Magazine also features great gift ideas, like the 2020 Real Buckaroo Calendar and the book Tales from Out There. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Just click on the shopping cart. The Loving Liberty Radio Network salutes the spirit of the American West. 
and those who are keeping it alive at Range Magazine. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. There's my take, Kirk Crosby. Well, one of the things I would like to uh, throw in here is to help the listeners understand maybe a little bit about, uh, you know, the whole, um, I don't know, the landscape here. Um, just so that you know, uh, you may not be aware, but Sam uh, was born a blind person uh you know, and uh, he's basically been that all his life. He and his wife um, have uh, eight children. They have uh, worked hard to, uh, well, I don't know of anybody who's really put more into the cause of freedom. Uh, you know, years ago, they literally uh, moved their family uh, to buy a radio station. They sold a beautiful home to buy a radio station to promote the cause of liberty. Um and have been working in that um, tirelessly for you know more than 20 years that I know of, um, and so occasionally uh, when uh, Sam I feel like you know occasionally feels the weight of the world on him if you will, um, you know, uh, and somebody's coming and saying hey um, you know what what can you do for the cause of freedom whether it's uh, moving to a, a Oh, a covenant community or something like that. Uh, you know, Sam thinks basically uh, this is my, you know, uh, twist on it, if you will, or my read of it, like a sportscaster that watches a football game and knows what the quarterback is thinking. Uh, but, um, you know, Sam thinks, well, I already did that. I've done that. I continue to do that. Why are you unwilling to uh, promote the cause of liberty? Why are you unwilling to put all of your uh, basically um, everything you've got into uh, protecting America because he's done it. And so when he asks uh, for your support and for your uh, um, assistance in the uh, protection of the cause of liberty, uh, it's because uh, he's already done it and he hopes that, you know, more folks, whether it's uh, James Edwards or uh, so many other guests we bring to you that, you know, you'll be like them, ladies and gentlemen. You'll put your uh, widow's might, if you will, into the cause of liberty so that uh, when you one day stand before the God of heaven and he asks you, uh, how did you uh, do in your uh, cause of standing for the cause of liberty and freedom, which he values very, very highly, um, you'll be able to say, hey, I did my best. I did my all. I I repented for my former deeds and, uh, you know, did everything I could to promote the cause of freedom and liberty uh, in America and the world. Thank you, Kurt, for that update. Certainly, I expect people to double down, triple down for their uh, cause of liberty. And, you know, I don't expect everybody to follow my train of thoughts or agree with everything that I say or do or believe or whatever else. But I submit to you, there's not a forum like this in the world. With Liberty Roundtable, with Loving Liberty, and the networks we put together, and the different talk shows represented. There's even talk shows that people may disagree with. But you know what? I defend the First Amendment and the right to say and think and believe what people do. You know, even if you don't like what they say and think, you better defend their right to say and think it, or yours will be on the chopping block next. All right, so this is critical stuff we're talking about. This is no child's play. And I hope to have played the role of a Clarence 
not the role of the devil's advocate. But um, I do realize how serious uh, this really is. I don't mean to minimize it uh, with my comments that are a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but are a little bit hopefully designed to make you, you know, turn inward a little bit and reflect on what we have today and why we have it and then what we'll have in the future based on what we individually and then individuals all make up a nation. One becomes two, then becomes the few, then becomes many. What we will have. And I think that's critical uh, to be aware of. Now, there are people doing good things and making a difference. And some would say they're tiny things. I would say they're serious. And they're huge. And they are more important than we might think. Janelle Martin is with us. And she's with a group called We the Parents. All right? And they had a meeting back uh, in the day... Uh, to make a difference, and they've got an initiative now. They're organizing a protest to end the state of an emergency. Now, I don't know if I want to use the word protest because that turns into riots. I would use the term a little bit more like we're staging a rally, an educational rally, to help people understand the critical nature of what the governor in the state of Utah is doing, which governors across the country are mirroring this reality. Hi, Janelle. Hi. Hey, thanks so much. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, what you guys are doing. Sure. So um, since I was on <laughs> with you guys last time about the county commissioners meeting, um, we have we have formed a, a group called We the Parents. Um, at the moment, we're just on Facebook, but we are building other avenues and things. Um, our main goal is to stand up and fight for the rights of parents and children. We believe that we have God-given parental rights to decide what things are done, especially to our children. Um, so yeah, that's who we are. Um, at the moment we are organizing to fight the state of emergency because we feel like that's kind of the, the excuse that the governor is using to hide behind and to promote his power grab. Um, we wanted to, I guess, just let everyone know that the, in Utah, the state legislature is voting tomorrow on whether or not to vote or to extend, sorry, they're voting to whether or not to extend the state of emergency yet again. So we have been urging people to call their local representatives and say enough is enough. <laughs> it's time to put checks and balances back in order. It's time for the legislative branch to do what we elected them to do. Um, and then to culminate our phone calls, I guess you could call it a visual demonstration. Maybe that's a good way to put it instead of a protest, but a visual demonstration of our desire to end the state of emergency. Um, we're going to be on the lawn of the Capitol building or just off the lawn, wherever we're allowed to stand, um, with our signs reminding our representatives that they work for us and we want the state of emergency ended. And the reason it's 7 o'clock is because that's like that's the eve of the vote. So we have been urging people to call all day Monday, all day Tuesday, all day today. I've called and talked to a couple of my representatives and had to leave some text messages. Um, and then tonight is going to be like the final, like, remember, <laughs> we've left you messages. This is what this is what we the people want. All right, so when, 7 o'clock p.m., where the Utah State Capitol? Why? Because we yep. want to end the state of emergency that's being used for massive power grabs. Is that tonight? Correct, yep. Tonight, 7 o'clock, Capitol Building. All right, tonight, 7 o'clock it is, ladies and gentlemen. You've got to get involved now. Is there a place people can learn more, Janelle? Yes. Um, right now we're just on Facebook. But if you go to We the Parents, 
on Facebook, search for that group. We're about a thousand strong right now and growing. Um, then that's yep, yeah, that's the best place. Or you can even look me up on Facebook, Janelle Kane Martin. Send I'm going to put we the parents find yep. them on Facebook. On Facebook. Excellent. We'll do it, ma'am. We sure appreciate you. Would love to have oh, more time for it, but we're that. flat out of time. That's fine. Thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, Janelle. We appreciate it. James, is she Clarence? Hey, you know what? People like that really gives me a lot of hope and inspiration. I like, you could just hear the enthusiasm in her voice. It's for a great cause. She's eager. People like that are the ones who really do change things. And here's another thing people got to remember. It doesn't necessarily have to be what you do. What if you plant a seed and somebody draws from your example and they go on to do something far greater than you ever could? I mean, that's, that, that's just, I guess, the butterfly effect of activism as well. But you just never know how God's going to use your effort. Even if you don't score a great victory on the field where you stand and in the, the battle that you're engaged in, there's going to be some residual things that happen on down the line. That's why you just always have to do your duty. But I tell you what I want to see. I want to see a picture of Sam and Kurt like I saw uh, in, uh, on national news all over the place when they used y'all to illustrate the Val Ewer, uh story back in 16. That was the, the way we started off one heck of a year. Uh, how far are y'all from the Capitol? Y'all, is there any, anybody from uh, Liberty News Radio going to be making it down there tonight? You know what? We're going to do the best we can. I'm looking into availability. I just found out about it late last night. That's why we didn't have more time for this discussion. I feel bad that we didn't have more time, but I just found out about it late last night and had to try to set it up and, and have Janelle on and focus on it. These are the people, in my opinion, that are in the trenches and making a difference. And these are the people like the Founding Fathers that literally are working together to say, hey, you know what? We can't solve it all, and I get that there's a lot of trouble, but I'm not going to d- d- focus on the, the problems. What I'm going to do is spend my time on the solutions. What I'm going to do is spend my time on what I can do. I'm going to use my circle of influence in positive ways to to bring courage and hope. And where the arms hang low, I'm going to grab them by the arm and link arms with them and lift them up and give them hope and courage. And, you know, hey, Kurt needs a bigger boat because more people are bringing tartar sauce. And, you know, it's all about (laughs) what we can do. It isn't about what's being done to us. It isn't I need to be reactive and react to everything. It's that I can take courage, pray hard, and get up and take action on my own. Uh, and that's what George did in It's a Wonderful Life. He took action. He kept his community together. And believe it or not, there was even an uh, economic component back in his day uh, that the, uh, It's a Wonderful Life it really highlights. Um, we need to take courage and do the same thing. I know that's a movie, but Kurt likes it when I talk about movies once in a while. I'm trying to pull a Kurt because there's some wisdom in this. Um, Kurt, what do you say to all this? Well, like James said, uh, ladies like this, uh, like Janelle and uh, so many others, uh, we we can take, um, well, they give us courage. They enthuse us or buoy us up, if you will, and uh, we hope to do the same for you, ladies and gentlemen, as we... uh, go about our, you could say, um, you know, mundane tasks on a daily basis, but we take the time to be with you on this program, and uh, we hope that, uh, hey, in some way, we we can all make a difference in promoting the cause of liberty and freedom and uh, making the world and America great again. 
In the words of Clarence, I, like the lion in The Wizard of Oz, submit to you that it's all about courage. It's all about courage to do what is right and stand for that that is godly. Despite all odds, we can have the courage and the hope and the faithfulness of a Job in the Bible. That we can take our lumps, which surely will come plentifully, but we can stand tall for the sacred cause of liberty. That is our prayer. Clarence Thomas, Devil's Advocate, James Edwards, Sam Bushman, Kirk Crosby, all aside, I hope you can catch the spirit of the greatest restoration being undertaken by patriots in modern times today. Janelle's part of it. James Edwards is part of it. You, my fellow Americans, I hope are part of it as well. It does absolutely matter. And if you don't believe me, go watch uh, It's a Wonderful Life. And we, like the lion, need to have courage and expose the Wizard of Oz, the shriveling man called politics behind the curtain that wants to just keep you in fear. Bust out with courage, my fellow Americans. Take heart and trust in your God. Make your faith whole by your works and get involved in meaningful ways. That is our prayer today on your radio as we testify of Jesus Christ and stand for God, family, and country to the best of our ability. Maybe there's other heroes that are better at it than we are. Don't know, don't care. All I want to do is my part, my little teeny part that I pray makes a difference. And that what I can do, make no mistake, I will do. Because I and me and my family are on the Lord's side who? That's our prayer for you, too, ladies and gentlemen. For Sam Kurt and James Edwards, thepoliticalcesspool.org, libertyroundtable.com, lovingliberty.net, God save the republic.